This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 101, Comic Reviews for the week of August 14th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, episode 101. This is our Comic Reviews episode for Wednesday, August the 14th, and I am your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, thanks for joining us for the episode today. Obviously, we've been on a bit of a hiatus recently. Um, I think our last reviews episode was at the end of July, so we took a couple weeks off. Um, then we had episode 100 that came out on August 12th, which was the one-year anniversary of the podcast. So, yay, we're one year old. Um, and now we're back for reviews episodes. Now, I've mentioned in the past, but in case you are a new listener, you wouldn't know this, um, I... I'm, I'm currently expecting with my wife and so any day now really the baby could be coming we're due on august 27th so as i record this it's august uh, 19th so i mean really any time in the next 8 to 15 days could be go time could be baby time how does that impact the podcast well i'm glad you asked um it's probably gonna impact in a very real way um next week's review episode may not happen depending on what happens with the baby um also we have um, uh, a, a Talking Hero Clicks episode, which is currently scheduled to be recorded on the 21st of August. Um, it's going to be myself, Tom Kerr, and hopefully uh, Nathan Struck. It might be broke up into different segments in the episode because um, it's actually kind of a weird plan. That day we're meeting up at the at the comic book store and we're picking up our Hero Clicks and come back to my place, opening them up and doing a podcast about it. Maybe just a quick one, maybe not very long. However, that being said... Nathan, uh, Nathan Struck won't be able to join us for the entire episode, or at least he's going to be joining us later in the afternoon, so we may have already recorded part of the podcast by the time he's able to join us. Uh, if you are a fan of Leon Orlana and you're thinking, hey, what the hell, why isn't he going to be included? Um, actually, I want to take a moment to give him a shout out uh, and congratulations as uh, Leon and his wife Susan have uh, welcomed their baby boy into the world um, on Saturday. I guess, what, uh, August 17th, uh, they had their son, it was a little early, I was making fun of Leon for this, but, um, they were due three weeks after us, and yet they had their baby boy first, because apparently their baby boy just couldn't stand the idea that a Chapman would be older than them, um, but, so they welcomed their son, uh, Aiden, into the world on the 17th, so, um, you know, heartfelt congratulations to the new parents, and, uh, Leon was kind of laughing because originally, obviously with my due date, uh, our due date being a week after uh, Clicksmas this week, uh, the Wolverine and the X-Men preview, uh, sorry, Wolverine and the X-Men release day, he kept joking that we would go downtown and in the middle of it, uh, I would get a text saying, you know, we got to go to the hospital. And I was like, no, no, the baby's going to know enough to wait until after we've already gone to Heroclix Day, and he kept making fun of me, and anyways, it's just funny that on Saturday morning, I got a call at 6.45 in the morning, and he's like, it's happening. Now, Leon, for Leon, it's happening is kind of his go-to phrase. When new previews are being put up online, like when the Wolverine and the X-Men uh, set previews suddenly started flooding in, because uh, someone had opened up, like, what, 40 cases or something? Um, what did he do? He called me and said, it's happening. So, it's 6.45 in the morning, and I'm thinking... It can't be Heroclix, because you wouldn't call him at 6.45 in the morning, uh, but it was because his wife was uh, going to labor. So, uh, congratulations to them and little Aiden, who I think was born five pounds, one ounce. So, it's a tiny little baby, because he's a little bit early, but, um, and hopefully all is well with them, and, uh, yeah, the next generation of Heroclix player begins now. 
um, and mine will hopefully be with joining in the next couple weeks. Anyways, uh, jumping into the episode today, I tried something a little different. Obviously, there were a lot of comics that came out in the past week, although actually not that many from uh, DC in some ways. It seemed like a relatively small load, um, but I, I knew I wouldn't really have the time. I, I worked, you know, uh, until Saturday, so I just didn't really have a lot of time to be reading, and usually sometimes I bring my computer with me, my laptop with me to work so I can read on my lunch break, but that just really wasn't a, uh, something I could do this week, so I didn't really get a chance to read many books, and I looked at my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to have time, we're still on, we're unpacking everything in our house still, it's getting closer and closer to, to completion, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, we were building a lot of furniture for the baby in case the baby, you know, the baby could come at any moment. So we were getting ready, and um, you know, and I was like, okay, well, let's try something different. I said, Kelly, why don't you pick five Marvel books, five DC books? Here's the list of what came out this week. You pick what I read, and then I will review those books. Um, she picked some terrible books, um, not on purpose. She just kind of looked at the list and picked some ones that she thought might be interesting, um, if only. But the good part is that it meant that this week I'm going to be talking about things I don't normally talk about, uh, or books I was probably, if I had to pick and choose, would not have discussed. Um, so that part is at least exciting, kind of. Um, there are a lot of books I will not be touching on as a result. Um, so the books that I will be talking about, to quickly run them down, will be Batgirl number 23, Batman 23, Deadpool 14, uh, Justice League of America number 7, uh, Scarlet Spider number 20, Suicide Squad number 23, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, Number two, Superboy, number 23, and Wolverine, number eight. Um, so, yeah, let's, I guess let's get started on that. Uh, this this weird, crazy, you know, jump through uh, what came out this week. Um, so first we have Batgirl, number 23. This isn't a bad book. I actually enjoy this more than I expected. I had seen some advanced reviews, and they were giving it around sixes. And I don't really know what that what the reason behind that was. Um, I liked it. I mean, it was going in a direction I didn't expect it to. Um, uh, you have this guy that Barbara got involved with in the last issue, and there's a little bit more into his background and stuff. Um, you have the idea that Commissioner Gordon really wants to, to go after um, uh, Batgirl, even if it means like kind of not, not going after Nightfall, but instead just trying to go after Batgirl. Uh, you have... Uh, Barbara Gordon dealing with her own issues. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing where she's like, I found it was a little preachy. There's this part where she goes shopping with, with her uh, her roommate, and then there's these girl these guys, and you know they definitely play it up as these guys kind of harass the woman all the time, and he just won't, she won't have any of of it, and um, it was just a little too aggressive for Batgirl, but I, I get where they were going. Um, and I did like seeing Batgirl kind of not wearing a costume, just kind of wearing like full, full outfit, so that she can uh, just kind of get involved without wearing the bat as well. And her trying to protect Ricky um, and from her own father, really. And it's actually quite a powerful story. And the ending, I didn't quite expect. I, I didn't think they would do that right away, um, considering the time spent with the character last issue and in this issue. Um, some striking visuals. I actually thought this was quite an entertaining book. Um, they continue, uh, again, to push the idea that Batgirl does not feel like she belongs in the family anymore. And um, it's interesting to see how they take that. An idea of basically going up against her father, and her father being like very angry. And, you know, he lost a son. What, what does that do to you as a person? Um, so it's, it is interesting. It's written by Gil Simone, artwork by Fernando Pissarin with uh, Jonathan Galapian. 
uh, with the assist on the art. So I, I enjoyed it. At times, the inks can be a little stronger by Galapian, but for the most part, I enjoyed it. The colors by Blonde, they worked for me. At first, I didn't know how I thought about them, but then I ended up actually kind of vibing to them. So it was pretty good stuff. Uh, next up is Batman number 23. I'm going to take some heat for this just because I, I'm not really enjoying this storyline. Part of it is I don't like the artwork. Um, Capullo's, or Capullo's artwork is nowhere near as strong as it was in other arcs. And I think part of it is because this is not a, a, an arc that's mired in the darkness. This is not yet a Bruce Wayne who's embraced the darkness and become the Batman. This is Bruce Wayne fighting daytime um and i i i think that's part of what it is i i just i found myself kind of bored by this issue and by last um i don't know i'm just not really liking it. i feel like it's a little pro- protracted and prolonged I'm not really that interested in what's going on the the story to- storytelling here is a little bit non-linear at times i didn't really care for that um i don't know having the red hood gang attacking bruce wayne like i don't know like it just I want to like this more than I do, but I don't. And I feel like the Red Hood leader, it just kind of goes on and on here. And I got really bored by that really quickly. Um, and then, again, like, Bruce kind of struggling to go home and get fixed up by Alfred. Like, I don't know. I I found it really kind of dull and boring. And I don't know what's wrong with me or why I think that is. But I just do. Um, the stuff with uh, the Riddler was a little bit more interesting. But, again, it, it, it kind of had this weird air about it. And... It, that really helped me, or made me disconnect from what was going on. And even the the kind of the cool moment of, you know, being, uh, seeing the bat and, and playing it in a different way that makes it make more sense why the bat is even there. I don't know if I cared for that aspect of it either. I don't know, I just, it didn't quite work for me. I wanted it to work for me better than it did. Um, the backup I did enjoy, um, these Bruce Wayne backups we've been getting, I thought that was actually a pretty strong backup. The idea that, you know, Batman will not kill, but he, he will injure you and he'll fight you and that people are afraid of him because he he won't go take the easy way out. He'll he'll keep, he'll you know, he can keep him coming and he's just going to beat you, but he's not going to kill you. And that's not what he does. Uh, it's written by James, Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV with artwork by Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, the issue itself, Batman 23, is written by uh, Scott Snyder with artwork by Greg Capullo. Uh, I give it a 6 out of 10. I just, I'm not quite feeling it. Like, it's... It's ably done, I guess, but I just, I'm so indifferent to it. It's not bad, it's just I I find it hard to care, which is almost worse in some ways. Uh, next up is Deadpool number 20, sorry, Deadpool number 14. Um, this was, uh, I don't even know how much of this I really read. Like, I tried to read it. Uh, I hated it. It was awful. This is a terrible book. What the hell's going on with Deadpool? It's so... It's trying to way too hard. Like, look at that cover. Uh, sometimes the past comes back to haunt you, and it's dressed like a pimp. Who cares? Like, I none of this did I in any way really, um, uh, you know, get attached to or really embrace or or care about at all. Like, I just found this so boring and so uninteresting, and I didn't like it. And uh, I don't know what I've missed in the last little while, uh, but um, I don't know. I just haven't cared at all. Um, it's written by. Let's see, uh, Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn, artwork by Scott Cublish, uh, colors by Val Staples, with the, it's called The White Man Cometh, this villain. Um, I found it really, really boring. Um, I, the jokes are not in, not funny. Uh, Deadpool himself isn't funny. The story just keeps going. Um, it, it, get, it's, it gets old really fast. The artwork's not that great. It's kind of sloppy. Um... 
I just found it so uninteresting, and so, like, I, w- I would never have picked this on my own, and I gave it a shot. Let's see what happens. It's Deadpool. How bad could it be? It could be pretty bad. Uh, I gave it a, a 3 out of 10. I just did not care at all. Um, I wanted to like it more than I did, and I, I just didn't. It was terrible. It was terrible stuff. Um, next up is, uh, let's see, uh, Infinity Number 1. This was a big book. Um... I, I just kept going through it and being like, there's more? There's more to this? Um, so it was good. Um, I felt like I, I got a little lost. And I've been reading Avengers and New Avengers, and I still got a little lost in just what the hell is going on. I mean, there's just a lot of big concepts. You got the builders. You have the beginning kind of showing what happens in New Avengers, but never really giving any context for it or why. You have this Outrider character who's this assassin. Um it's almost like, you know, you get through a lot of the issue and you haven't even gotten to, like, the super heroics part. Um, but you're getting to stuff that's kind of touching in with Thanos. Um, you're dealing with, um, you know, a, a lot of different concepts. A lot of things are going on because you have the, the builders, you have, they've referenced, you have the Space Knights, um, you have Captain Universe, you have the idea that, you know, that... The Avengers are going to have to go and stop this thing from happening, or this this wave, um, you know, these guys from doing anything, and they're kind of leaving the Earth a little unprotected in the meantime, um, which is interesting. Um, and I did like actually, there's a part where Captain America and some Avengers take on uh, what's it called? Um, oh, what are they? Some scrolls, and actually, really like that. Um, there's a badass moment with uh, Black Bolt where he's like in, he's inside a dream and he's like, "Get out of my mind!" And I thought that was pretty badass. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff happening here. The artwork by Jim Chung is pretty good. It did kind of lose me because there's so much happening, um, and it wasn't all very. It, it's not cookie cutter. It's not clearly played out at all times. Um, but it is interesting to see kind of where they're going to go with this and, and how the event will work. It's only six issues, but each issue is pretty big. Um, and again, if you haven't been reading Avengers or New Avengers, I feel for you because I feel like you're going to be pretty confused or you have the potential to be much more confused than I was. And I've been reading this stuff and I'm still like, okay, cause there's just a lot of stuff at play, but that's a Jonathan Hickman book. That's what you kind of, what you expect going in. As I said, it is written by Jonathan Hickman and artwork by, um, Jim Chung uh, from, you know, if you go far back from Scion, from uh, CrossGen, and from you know, Young Avengers, and many other titles. Um, he does a good job on the book, though, and I, I gave the book an 8 out of 10. I thought about giving it higher, but it it was good. It was really good. Well, I wouldn't say really good. It was a good book, good and solid. Uh, it was deserving of a 4, uh, both for art and for story, which gives it an 8 composite. Uh, moving on, we have Justice League of America number 7. Uh, I first of all, why isn't this? Why isn't this in uh, Justice League? Justice League. This was Justice League, Justice League of America, Justice League Dark. That's the first three parts. Then part four, we go back to Justice League of America. Okay, whatever. I mean, do whatever you want. It's weird, but you know, whatever. Um, things are starting to come together. I give it a seven because it was okay, but it wasn't great. You have some stuff with Lex Luthor being approached by Pandora about opening the box. Um, you have Doctor Psycho, and he's definitely pretty messed up here. Um, you have the, the Justice League's trying to work together, you have Superman trying to fight what he's infected with, you have, uh, a contingent going to the House of Mystery, and things happen with the, uh, Phantom Stranger, you have the Atom revealing that the, the whole reason behind the Justice League of America's existence, you have, uh, Wonder Woman trying to stop Pandora from giving the box to, uh, Lex Luthor, 
Um, you know, things are happening. I mean, again, I think it's a little bit of a mess at times because there's just so many characters that don't quite fit together or fit being in the same story. But uh, it's not as much of a message just as the dark was. It did feel like it was a little bit more on track, so I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, next up is, uh, where were we here? Uh, next, the next book is, um, Scarlet Spider. Um, so that's number 20. Uh, although, you know what? I'm actually gonna take a step back just for a moment. And, uh, sorry, and just to say I gave a 7, I don't know if I said that. I'm gonna actually step back and rejig the order. So if you were following the order that I said at the beginning of the episode, I apologize, but that's no longer the correct order. Um... I was going to talk about uh, Scarlet Spider first, but I realized that that is really not what I should be doing because Superior Spider-Man Team-Up is part one of two, or and it uh, starts, you know, the storyline with Scarlet Spider, so I should start with that book first. Um, so we do have Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number two. Uh, I really enjoyed the first issue. What frustrated me about this issue is, first of all, I... You know, I I buy trades for some books, and then I read other people's copies that they're able to give me. Uh, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up is a book I really enjoy, but I have been buying it more, like, mostly in trade. Now that I was torn with this book, because I was like, well, it's crossing over with, with Scarlet Spider. Where is it going to fall in terms of trades? Is it going to be pr- printed in the Scarlet Spider trade, in the Superior Spider-Man Team-Up trade, or in both? So I had to kind of split the difference and end up buying the print copy of Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number two, which... Again, it's strange that you have the idea that there's this building, um, you know, storyline in that book. So you think you're going to get there, and then they don't really address it at all, because instead we're going to have two issues with Scarlet Spider coming to town. Now, that being said, I like the idea of using the Scarlet Spider uh, and seeing how he interacts with Superior Spider-Man. It wasn't quite what I expected, partially because I didn't think that the Jackal would be included, and I don't know, it just quickly went from being something that could be really interesting to something a little little different that I didn't find as engaging um so let's let's talk about it superior spider-man team up so it's been a strong book this book again is not as strong as it normally is but it's still okay I'm gonna give it a 7 out of 10 um it's written by Chris Yost with artwork by Marco Cicito who is a great penciler uh this wasn't his best work but it was still pretty good um so you have the idea that, you know, uh, Otto Octavius is so happy with his life as Peter Parker, and then he goes home, and he hears his voice, and he's like, wait a minute, that voice, and he sees the Scarlet Spider, and then Scarlet Spider takes off his mask, and he realizes, oh, okay, he's a clone. Um, and then he also remembers uh, Kane killing him years ago. Now, I thought there'd be a lot more discussion of this, and I thought there'd be a little bit more interaction, and maybe Scarlet Spider figuring out something was wrong, um, and that didn't really happen, but... I did at least like the idea that they referenced Kane killing Dr. Octopus way back in, what, Spectacular Spider-Man uh, 220, I think? Or maybe... It's around there. It's like 220 or 221, 222, one of those numbers. Um, and that happened back then, so you have the idea that he's dealing with that kind of memory, so obviously he would want to beat the crap out of Scott Spider and maybe kill him. Uh, so it's interesting to see them coming to blows and... And Scott Spider being like, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what, you know, like, the last time we saw him, Scott Spider was basically kind of, uh, sorry, Spider-Man was basically giving Kane a pass, allowing him to kind of find his own way in, uh, as a brother um, and try to make amends for the, the bad things he'd done. Now, in the middle of having this fight, then you have these monsters show up. And then it kind of goes off the rails because it's nowhere near as interesting as it could have been as you have the t- uh, these two Spider characters fighting against um, these creatures, and then you have Jackal and Carrion and others show up, 
and about to kill uh, Scott Spider, and then Sp- Spider-Man jumps in, and there's a great line where Superior Sp- uh, sorry, Scott Spider says, what took you so long? And uh, Otto says, internal debate. <laughs> and Scott Spider's like, hey, well, at least you're honest, which is actually pretty funny. Um, and then Gwen Stacy shows up with some guns, as well as uh, Miles Warren, because again, they're all clones, and they capture uh, the, the two Spider-Men. Um, I don't know. I thought it'd be a little bit more on the interactions between the two characters and a little less throwing Jacqueline very awkwardly. I don't I don't really need Jackal as a character because it feels like what always made him more interesting when he was a little bit more personal. But then when he started cloning everybody, like maximum clonage back in the 90s is kind of that big jumping off point where you're like, okay, I'll you know, rein it in a little. Replacing the world with clones, like really? And then this, since he's been around and, uh, and back again, it's kind of the same thing. He's doing the same shit that he's had too many clones. And what, what is the point? What is really his real modus operandi? What is his real objective? And I just don't think I care enough because they keep going to these larger concepts that pull him away from just being uh, a more street-level kind of standard supervillain. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's a time and place for that. And I think in Spider-Man books, that's the time and place for it. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm a little grumpy about it. So I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, actually, did I? Yeah, I did. And then we move into uh, Scarlet Spider number 20. Uh, and this is the second part of the crossover of sibling rivalry. And again, you have Otto and uh, Kane fighting against the jackal now the artwork in here is quite different um it is nothing like what you would have expected from this this book in the past um the it, this issue is written by chris yost and eric burnham uh, artwork is by k studios in hoyak lee and the dream sequence art is by paddle leaf uh, bit and Loridge. So I actually the dream sequence I liked because and I thought it was Paddleof because the minute you see it you're like yeah that's a pretty classic musculature to these characters but then when you get into the main issue it looks like something Clayton Crane would have done much more um, computerized kind of coloring maybe not computerized but almost more painted in some ways but still on a computer um, it's a very different look uh, at times it works and at times it doesn't but it does I I felt was actually a pretty cool look for the for the uh, issue. Again, it was a bit jarring to go from Superior Spider-Man Team-Up's art by Chichito to this issue, but still pretty good stuff. Um, and it's interesting to see the differences as um, Scott Spider's kind of dealing with Spider-Man kind of being a dick now and um, the idea that, you know, he's kind of shattered his, his sense of identity in a little bit because he thought he was becoming a hero partially because he had Spider-Man's blessing and uh, Spider-Man's like, no, you're a monster, you know, and basically you deserve to die, like, and Spirit Spider-Man is basically saying, like, I don't want anyone to have my DNA, I fought to keep this body, I don't want anyone else having this, um, I don't want Jackal to clone more of me, I don't want Kane walking around, because he's, not only did he kill me, but also he's a clone, so, I mean, there's a, an interesting dichotomy there, and, um, the, the epilogue really focuses on, you know, what does it mean for, for Kane now that, you know, the, the blessing from Peter's kind of gone, and then, I don't know how I feel about this, but you have uh, suddenly some of the scars have returned. Now, realistically, the scars weren't just on his face. They were all over his body. I mean, if you read Spider-Man Lost Years, I mean, his body was racked with disease and rippling with uh, this uh, degeneration effect. So, I mean, it's interesting to bring it in, but, you know, come on, go a little bit more full hog. Or maybe they will in the future. Maybe that is the plan. 
Um, and then epilogue two has the uh, jackal finding Kane's DNA in the wreckage of his of his lair, and that part I don't care about. But the rest of it, pretty interesting. Um, again, it's I'm interested to see what next issue kind of looks like because um, the cover, at least for the issue, has Scarlet Spider both new and old, like the old classic Scarlet Spider and the new one on a rooftop, rainy rooftop. But who knows what that's actually going to look like. Um, so I'm, I'm digging that. So I get this issue seven and a half, mostly based on the artwork, which is quite strong. And the story, I felt uh, it tightened up a little bit from where it was in Avenging Spider-Man, um, which is good, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, three books, three books left. Uh, we got Suicide Squad 23. Wow. I didn't like this. I've liked the last few issues a lot. And then I got to this and I don't, if you honestly, I read this last night. I don't even remember what happened. I remember not liking it. I remember not enjoying it. I remembering it being more or less terrible. Uh, Rick Leonardo's artwork. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, this doesn't even look like his artwork. The artwork is, um, Maybe it's the anchors because it's inked by what Andy Owens, Derek Friedolfs, and Mark Deering. So that's three different anchors. Uh, the colors by Brad Anderson didn't work as well. Um, I don't know. They felt very cartoony, and the look on most of the characters' faces like there wasn't a lot of detail. Uh, this just did not work, and the story was okay, but it wasn't great. And uh, the whole thing with um, uh, Gordon basically like being in love with uh, Amanda Waller didn't really care for that either like I, this just wasn't good like I was surprised because I have really enjoyed what's been going on in this book up until now like the last couple issues have been really strong and I don't know what Alice Scott was thinking but this just was not good uh, not enjoyable and I gave it a nice big th- uh, 3 out of 10 Speaking of 3 out of 10s, uh, Superboy, number 23. There's a reason why I don't read this on a regular basis, and this issue reminded me of it. I still don't really know what the hell's going on. They got these two Superboys fighting each other, but they're not really fighting each other. Um, and you have them at school, and you have Superboy fighting all these monsters, and you have Crypto there, and I just, I didn't really care about any of this. This wasn't good. Uh, Justin Jordan wrote it. Didn't like it. Robson Roca illustrated pages 1 to 13. Marcus Toad at pages 14 to 20. So pages 14 to 20 are a little bit better illustrated, but again, not all that enjoyable. Uh, you get to see two Superboys against each other, but it's not really what they think they are. Um, and then you have, who shows up at the end? Uh, Psycho Pirate. I guess this lame new version of Psycho Pirate. I just didn't care for this. I didn't like it. The issue was boring. It was repetitive. And I gave it a 3 out of 10. And less said the better. Um, And next up is Wolverine number 8. Also kind of a little bit less said the better. It's the start of the killable arc. um, Which could be interesting. But so far it isn't there. Um, I didn't much care for it. Um, The artwork by Alan Davis is alright. But I found the story... Not that interesting by Paul Cornell. Um, you have the idea that uh, the you know the, this virus is going to be going everywhere, so they need to. There's this character named the host that they have to save, but who's currently in Wakanda in custody. So Wolverine has to go there and basically kind of try and play a Black Panther so that he can um, you know fight him so that he can get the host uh, free. And, and Black Panther is too smart for everyone, and he actually had a plan all along. Um, and I just didn't really care for these characters kind of butting up against one another and the whole, you know, Black Panther not trusting Storm around Wolverine or not wanting them to be together. Who cares? Like, I just, I found it real, that part really boring. Uh, the end with Mystique being inside the school and threatening to kill the children. 
okay, I mean, Mystique should be with the Hellfire Academy, so, like, where is this taking place even? I don't know. And There's not a lot really given to me as a reader. Uh, I give it a 5 out of 10, because it's not outright terrible, but, I don't know, It's it's got better artwork than the story. Uh, the story was, leaves a lot to be desired. And that is our episode. So I've gone a little bit longer than I thought I would when I'm just talking about 10 comics, but still. Um, the issues I did not talk about this week include Astro City number 3, Batman Arkham and Hinge 17, Batman Little Gotham number 5, Constantine number 6, Demon Knights 23, Django Unchained number 6, Green Lantern Corps 23, Katana number 7, Nightwing 23, Smallville 11, uh, Season 11 number 16, uh, Threshold number 8, and I'm surprised it's still being published, and World's Finest number 15. And then uh, from the Marvel side of things, I did not get a chance to talk about Astonishing X-Men 65, which is, I believe, the end of the Iceman arc. Avengers Arena 13, uh, Deadpool number four. Sorry, Deadpool number 14 I did talk about. Um, there's a re-release of the Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumphant Torrent uh, trade, which you should really pick up if you have not read those stories, because they're quite strong and quite memorable and important for those characters. Um, didn't talk about Fantastic Four 11, Fearless Defenders number 8, uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number 17, uh, Secret Avengers 17, Thor God of Thumber, Thunder number 11, Ultimate Comics X-Men number 30, Uncanny X-Force number 10, Uncanny X-Men number 10, Wolverine and the X-Men 34, and that's about it. So I, those are the books I did not get a chance to talk about this time around. Uh, so make sure to join us for our next episode, which all intents and uh, which all things being equal, nothing changing, and my wife not going to labor in the next two days will be episode 102, which will be Talking Hero Clicks, uh, Clicksmith's edition. Uh, so make sure to join us then. Uh, in the meantime, you can always email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, uh, like us on iTunes. Uh, please like us on iTunes so we can have more ratings on there. And also, you can uh, post in our uh, threads on HC Realms uh, any co- comments, thoughts, you know, any minutiae you want to share. Anyways, thank you for joining us. I I am your host, Adam Chapman. We'll see you next time on Comic Shenanigans. And in, uh, until then, read some comics. Hopefully some good ones, because uh, some of these comics this week weren't good. So <laughs> go read a good comic and tell me about it. All right, bye-bye.